Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Show is our hour number four of our five-hour conversation every single morning here on Hook em Up on the Horn. Bottom of the hour, set list ATX with our guy Nick Shuley. All the live music you need to be taken in, including the Black Puma's new album coming out on Friday. We mentioned we're hopeful to have a conversation tomorrow or Friday with Adrian Quesada. One of the architects and lead guys there in the Black Pumas. Nice. Grammy nominated the uh, superstars that they are from right here in the ATX. We'll talk with Adrian. they got a new album out Friday. This is a track off of that album. Uh, great tune. Uh, so we'll talk to them. Also, Nick will get us the live music roadmap in and around your oh, World yeah. Series, college, NFL, NBA weekend. <laughs> uh, it's one of those months in October, Rod. Sportsgasm. The confluence of all the sports, mm-hmm. or as Rod calls it, the sportsgasm. Yeah. Sportsgasm. I love it. it is. It's pretty good. If you like baseball, and then, you know, Astro fans are going to – I'll be interested to see how many of my Astro fan friends even care about this series. Well, I want to see the ratings, period, because uh, a lot of people predict the ratings are going to be down just because the Diamondbacks don't have a lot of recognizable names. They don't. Don't have a lot of star power. Rangers got some star power. They're the more uh, all-stars than anybody else. So the Rangers got star power. Um, but the Diamondbacks, people are worried about whether they're going to be able to bring viewership. Um, and so the ratings might be down, but I think in Texas the ratings will be high because even Astros fans who don't want to admit be they're watching for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, exactly. They'll be they'll, they'll, they'll be hate watching. They'll be watching to see the Rangers implode and hoping for the upset. Some fans like me, Astros fans, I'll be rooting for the Rangers because I need the I need the content, and we like the content on the show. We got a lot of Rangers fans that listen, so we want them to have a great experience. So I'm rooting for the Rangers, and I'd like for that rivalry. Talked about this yesterday. I'd like for the the Houston. Uh, Astros, Texas Rangers rivalry to become a top three marquee rivalry in all of American pro sports. And if both of those teams win the championship, win the World Series, been back to back years, that would be something, you know, close to, it's not unprecedented, but something we haven't seen in a long time in all of sports, a rivalry that is amped up and magnified by both teams being champions in like a two year span. That'd be crazy. I agree with you. Uh, and we talked a lot about that yesterday, and I agree. Let's, uh, I'll be rooting for the Rangers. I've said that, and uh, especially now that the Phillies are out. I had family allegiances with the Phillies uh, side. Oh, yes, right. Uh, but that's gone now, uh, so I don't know much about Arizona. Uh, you say they don't have any you know, household names. They don't have any names anybody's ever heard of, for crying out loud, on that team. Um, I don't even – who would you – their, their best player, Rod, is a guy named Cattell Marte. How many times have you ever heard of the name Cattell Marte? No. I Corbin Carroll might be rookie of the he, year. Yeah, I've, I've heard that so name. so far ahead of schedule. They've talked about him, Corbin this is, Carroll. This is one of, and I know the history <laughs> books will be told or the history lessons will be given this week about just how off the nose they are as a World Series. We mentioned their 84 regular season wins, the third fewest all time. <laughs> there was a Mets team, 1973, that made the World Series with 82 wins or 83. And then the Cardinals in 06 made it with, with 83 or 80, 83 wins. Uh, this is rare, and they're so young. They're, you know, they were supposed to build to this, and instead they went ahead, got hot, and exactly. uh, blew through the Brewers and crushed the uh, Dodgers' hearts and I mean, then rallied for four out of five wins, including two in Philadelphia to beat the Phils last night. I mean, both of these teams were 100-plus lost teams two years ago. Yeah. 100-plus losses for both of them, and, and now and they find themselves in the World Series. So, yeah, I think both are a little ahead of schedule, but the Rangers was – was expected because they had spent a lot of money in back-to-back off seasons to try to get here, and mission accomplished. Yeah, the, the Ranger ownership went out and spent like $600 million on yeah. middle infield and pitching and everything that they've done. It which, worked. 
worked, and it combined with this young farm system and these young players and all the players that were in place. Uh, Diamondbacks don't—they're the ninth, the ninth lowest payroll in all of baseball. I mean, they're down there in the twenties as far as total payroll. So uh, it is getting more bang for your buck, Rod. And the Phillies yeah. fans are crushed. I know my brother and his family up in Philadelphia oh. are bumming because they know, were cocky. They thought they—they they thought it was a done deal. Much, even much, Game Seven. I mean, Astro fans are bumming, but. You know, the fact that we said if they can't – going into the series, the Astros had a couple of advantages. It was very even, but the Astros are going to have to play better at home if they were going to make mm-hmm. it to the World Series, and obviously they went 0-4. They didn't. So it, yeah. it can't shock Astros fans because they've been so bad at home that it just happened. Um, you know, Diamondbacks beating the Phillies, who have been great at home twice, that, that, that came out of nowhere. And it just felt like all night that the Phillies were going to make a run and get this crowd going and Bryce Harper was going to do something. And in the end, the bullpen of the Diamondbacks was up to it. Um, you know, I'll play you a piece of sound coming up from the manager of the uh, the Phils, guy named Tori Lavillo, to Lavolo, a former player, utility guy. Uh, he had a great piece of sound that because uh, he was he was talking about the Mad Dog Russo claim that he will retire. Oh yeah, that ain't retire. Happening. Yeah, ain't if retire. the Diamondbacks win the NLCS, well now they've won it, and we're going to wait and see. But he had a really good quote about uh, believing in yourself. That you know. F the haters. You know what I'm saying, Rob? Hey, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping, as that's, Robert Sala said. Right? That's right. You ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Right, so that's out there. We got the World Series. But, yeah, it's just a great weekend <laughs> um, to, uh, you know, week into the weekend. Not the greatest NFL weekend. Even the primetime games aren't huge. But you do have the Cowboys and Texans back this week, which um, being off last week, you know, Texans will play Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers in the matchup of the first and second pick in the draft. And C.J. Stroud so far is way out playing Bryce Young. I think they have a better team, but – Oh um, man, See, you know he's in the Hall of Fame already. The Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's, uh, I believe it's his, it's it's the ball actually. Remember the he had the 186 pass attempts to start his career without an interception, the most in NFL history. They they grind the ball, um, and that record, of course, in the Hall of Fame this week. So shout out to my man C.J. Stroud. Already got something in the, in the Hall of Fame. Nice. I love this. <laughs> He's already got something in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, you do something really famous, cool. you do that. And uh, that's pretty cool. By the way, speaking of high draft picks, the Tennessee Titans are in line to start Will Levis as their starting Saw quarterback that. this week against the, uh, the Falcons with Ryan Tannehill out. This is why I think that the Kevin Byer trade happened. And I won't be surprised if you see other big-name Titans traded here in the coming days before the 31st including Derrick Henry, uh, Adoree Jackson at corner, because it feels like you, know, you came back for one run and Ryan Tannehill just can't stay healthy now. I mean, he had a good little run there. Yep. And it's funny they're playing the Falcons because Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Falcons now, has them in first place in the NFC South. Ryan Tannehill hasn't been the same quarterback since he left, right, to take the Atlanta job. Ryan Tannehill's playing his best football when Arthur yes, Smith – Yes, he was. Yep, and Derrick Henry was in his prime, obviously, and they had AJ Brown. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of things that uh, were different about those teams. Yeah, I remember it was a year, yeah. a couple of years ago, they were like when, the uh, best lines of scrimmage. Yeah, when it, Arthur it, Smith was was the you know the OC, and they had Derrick Henry, Brian Tannehill playing his best football, AJ Brown, and they were the number one seed in the AFC that year, uh, top overall seed. Had a week off, and then Joe Burrow and company came in there and beat them, and derailed that mm-hmm. season. And they just haven't really been the same. And now it looks like the the man who likes mayonnaise on his hot dogs. Yeah, I will say this though. I don't know if Mike Vrabel. I, I you know, I don't know if he and the front office and the, and the ownership get along very well. I'm not saying they don't at all. Um, but I wonder if there's some teams thinking about poaching Vrabel because Vrabel's a hell of a coach. He is a good coach. And they, you know, the organization. Not to say they they failed him, but it's just it seems now that they're gonna have to retool and kind of rebuild things. Remember they, and they I, fired the GM. 
Yeah, and mostly because Vrabel was upset about that A.J. Brown trade. Yeah, he traded my guy. Now he's he like, gambled the ball. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So I wonder if Vrabel, yeah, maybe a little, you know, a little, a little frustrated with the organization because if he, he, he could be coveted by a lot of teams potentially. Well, he's been, a hell of a coach. And you know, I don't know what New England's doing. I know he signed the download, yeah. the download deal Belichick did. But man, I'm telling you, Vrabel could be one of those guys if you're looking at a coach that could potentially jump ship. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe even be traded, which I know is rare, but we just saw Sean Payton be traded. It yeah, could happen. He's a good coach. He needs the right personnel right now, and right now they don't have it in, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, and that's where, if you're a Texans fan, Cowboys are excited to come back and play the Rams. They've, they've uh, had a good off week because they didn't get, mm-hmm. take a loss or play. Dak didn't throw any picks. And uh, the Niners lost twice, and the, uh, the Lions lost, and uh, yeah. Eagles won, beat the, beat the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. But the Eagles won and got better. Yeah, it's kind of a – yeah, and they got the trade. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? The Niners took a couple losses, so you know things have come back to you a little bit. Uh, Texans, meanwhile, they're going to play the Panthers. If they can win that game against a winless team, they're at 4-3 and three and in the mix in that division. Jacksonville's played much better of late. Yeah, Jacksonville's uh, Jacksonville's good. now the team that kind of we thought. They're getting yeah. better as the year goes. But Tennessee's about to start a rookie. Uh, Indianapolis is without Anthony Richardson now. But, um, you know, that, that division – Texans can actually be in the conversation here the next few weeks. Their schedule very favorable uh, over the next month or so coming out of the bye, getting healthier on their offensive line too, Rod. Yeah. All right, let's uh, at 9.15 before we get to the uh, set list, ATX at the bottom of the hour, Rod has his second rant of a Wednesday. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Cuts about ass. Oh, you've you got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, I wanted to get back into this Jim Harbaugh sign-stealing scandal investigation uh, because it's – it's right now, it's starting to become really, really interesting, some of the details uh, that are coming out. Um, so some of the details are essentially saying this could have been allegedly a two-year operation. <laughs> could expand, could have expanded uh, uh, two, two years and that it was – there's evidence now, now that it was more of a systematic, uh, organized operation <laughs> uh, that had certain protocols in place and everything. And ESPN – uh, recently reported, I think this was yesterday when this report came out, and we haven't really heard from Jim Harbaugh or from Michigan about this, uh, but the scope of the allegations, um, essentially orchestrated by Connor Stallions, who is the front man kind of for this thing right now. Apparently, it's reported by ESPN uh, that he bought tickets for games at four schools outside the Big Ten that were either college football playoff contention or playing uh, contenders. Also, a record of Stallions buying tickets to 2021 and 2022 SEC title games. Sources say the tickets to the SEC title games were purchased on the secondary market. Uh, ESPN also learned that Stallions, who is at the center of the NCAA investigation into Michigan's alleged science-stealing operation, bought tickets to a 12th uh, Big Ten school. As, source, as sources at 12 of the 13 possible Big Ten schools have a record of Stallions buying a ticket there. Uh, ESPN reported on Monday there were 11 schools, according to four sources. All of the tickets for games outside the Big Ten involved college football playoff contenders and were purchased either toward the middle or end of the 2022 season as Michigan was headed to the college football playoff. 
uh, if you're TCU, don't you feel disrespected? Uh, anyway, because <laughs> I don't know if there's any talk about them going to, going to a TCU game, and we know how that ends. That's the game they lost. Exacto mundo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, let's hear from some other coaches, though, about this because other coaches have been asked about it. Even Sark was asked about it. We'll get to that sound. We played that earlier. But there's some other coaches around the country who have been asked about it. And Matt Rule probably has um, one of the better quotes about the sign-stealing scandal. Now, there are two bits of audio here, Ty, that I said you can um, play the first one, but either one. We'll play them um, back-to-back. But here's Matt Rule being asked about the sign-stealing scandal at Michigan and his thoughts overall on sign-stealing. Yeah, sign-stealing happens every game. Um, there's, nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. That's why you should have mics in the helmets, right? Like all these coaches that vote against it every year is because they don't want to teach their quarterback. You know, in the NFL, your quarterback goes out there with three play calls <laughs> because if I see if I see the free safety's foot like that, it might be one high. I'm going to check to this play. And if I, but you get to college and you're watching a game on a Tuesday night, and you know they they got the signal and they're just calling a play. So that's uh, what makes college football to me. That's why they score maybe more points, but it's also why the kids are less prepared. So that's why they should there should be 100 percent should be. We could get rid of all the stupid signs on the sidelines, and we could get pictures of, you know, rock stars and all that stuff, and we could just play football the way it was meant to be. You go to a high school game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to an NFL game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to the college, there's nothing. When you, when you played Michigan, did you have any suspicions that there was more than the usual amount of knowledge on their side? I, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, no one from the Big Ten or NCAA has asked me anything yet, so I'm not going to probably comment on anything like that. I, I would never want to cash shade at somebody else going through a hard time. I don't know anything. All right, there you go. Now I want to throw one of these other coaches under the bus there. Um, but uh, other coaches were also asked about the sign-stealing scandal and the issues. Deion Sanders, prime time, uh, was asked about Jim Harbaugh's alleged stealing uh, scandal and operation. Uh, here's what Dion had to say. But, but what are your thoughts? I mean, everyone's trying to get an edge. I mean, everyone's trying to get whatever edge they can. Um you could have someone's whole game plan. They can mail it to you. You still got to stop it. You still got to stop it. So in football, it's not as pronounced as baseball. If I know a curveball is coming, I'm, I'm, I got you. You know, with, with football, I don't give a darn. If you know a sweep is coming, you still got to stop it. Physically, you, it's a physical game. You got to stop it. So that that's a little tough. I don't buy into a lot of that stuff that someone's stealing this, stealing that. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. You still got to play the game. Back in our glory days with San Francisco as well as the Cowboys, you know darn well Emmitt Smith is getting the ball. You know darn well Mike Irvin is running the comeback. You know darn well Jay Novacek is going to do what he's going to do, and you couldn't stop it. That's a good point. He's right about that. Those now, are the Hall of Fame pros, yeah, <laughs> not, college kids. Yeah, now he, he, he I, I still think you do have an advantage. Uh, oh, if you, sure. If you know the size, you know kind of what – I mean, yes, he's right. You still got to stop it. But come on, man, let's be honest now. Gives you a significant advantage if you at least know what the play is. That's, well, that's and, coming. And before we go to the last few, couple last pieces of sound, think about this, Rod. If this guy, Connor Stallions, is recording, what they're looking for to me is when they go to the look at me call, right, when the quarterback mm-hmm. gets the line of scrimmage, yes. looks over, and they give him a new call, they check it. That's what he's trying to figure out. What are they checking to? What's the check? Now, if we know the check, Rod, and that's the thing with Connor Stallions, um, you know, 
he, in addition to what they, uh, with surveillance, been able to find him at these stadiums recording. Well, then he's on the sidelines next to the coordinators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when they got him. At, yeah, then, then he's on the – because yeah. they have video, pictures of him yeah. on the sidelines at the Ohio State game and others, yeah. you know, looking across the field and then talking to the defensive coordinator. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, nobody talks uh, to the coordinators. No. You, you don't mean, talk to coordinators. The coordinators do yeah. like this. Listen, is your earphone off? <laughs> no, you don't just talk to a coordinator, some some jabroni out there. Yeah. Yeah, they talk to they, – they're, they're made men on the sideline. They only talk to the head coach and other coaches pretty much. Yeah. And then players. That's it. So, yeah, the guy's pretty important. So, he's telling you something important, right? Yes, it's a, right before the snap of a ball? Like, yeah. Come on now. Uh, no, you're right about that. No, no, it, it it looks bad. Like I said, and I don't disagree that some people say this is a dumb rule that even <laughs> Matt Rule brought it up. Hey, you should have headset communication. We shouldn't even be worried about this kind of stuff. But dumb rule, still a rule, right? It's like when, uh, you know, half of the country has legalized recreational marijuana and half the country has not. It's like, yeah, I agree. Probably should be recreationally legalized everywhere, but it ain't in Texas, so you still – Gotta, <laughs> you still got to abide the by the laws. Part. It's the digital part. It's the digital part. Yeah, because you can actually go there. If you want to take, you want to go to a game and take like five, five different people with you, and they do what Rod B does and write down in my spiral notebooks every observation I have and every uh, track, every play with every sign. I believe you can do that. And then we can go back and compare notes. What I can do is take a video camera with me and then record the signals and then bring that back with us well and think about the reason why once you video it then you can take it back into the lab and break it down you can frame add, put, it, by frame. put it into algorithm Dude, you can use ai that's Guys, right you can use ai you that's can sim- right. you can just get all the video and then put it into an ai system have a an algorithm already set and then say find me the patterns and the trends go and ai will find it for you that's right. Guys, we in that kind of world that's what rod b would do anyway uh, anyway uh, okay let's get to this uh, other piece of sound here here's I love Kirby Smart's. Oh, Kirby Smart's awesome. Here's Kirby Smart's answer when they ask him about sign stealing. I guess the necessary follow-up. That's obviously coming about hey. Michigan. You played Michigan. You aware in retrospect or at the time of anything unusual? No, I didn't. I didn't notice anything or know anything. Nobody we talked to, you know, warned us or any of that. I mean, I think everybody we play, they say they steal your signals. I mean. Play somebody, they always like they're great at stealing your signals, but uh, what they're referencing is different than stealing them. I mean, they're they're coming and you know, like they're talking about people coming to film on that's completely different. But we've tried to you know hide the signals, hold the calls, put signs up, do all that. But I, I don't, I, I was nothing I remember about the Michigan game that makes me think that kind of a slap in the face nothing about that game that makes me think they stole our signs because we whipped them so bad so i'm not really sure about that <laughs> love that love that um okay so let's hear from sark because sark was asked about it at the monday media availability remember there was a report last season that sark had to deal with teams stealing their signs or at least knowing their signs here's what steve sarkisian had to say yeah signal stealing is uh is real um it is, is a definite factor in college football um, I think some teams rely on it uh, much more than others, um, and so you, you do have to devise it. That's why we got boards and signalers and, and different colored shirts on the sidelines and every which way of, of how we try to get the play to our players um, to be fair to them. I mean, nobody wants to run a play when they know what, what play's coming. It's like going to bat and trying to throw your best pitch and the batter knows what's coming. He's got a better chance of hitting it. So we try to, we try to hide it as best we can um, to, uh, to give our players the best chance to be successful. Okay, last piece of audio here is from Brady Quinn. Now, he was on Fox Sports Radio, and I don't know if the quote is going to be in here, but he claims that these types of operations 
are happening all across college football. Here's a little bit of Brady Quinn. There's a few interesting thoughts to this. The first being is how far up does it go? As the NCAA does its investigation, Steyens has been um, suspended with, with pay, by the way, pending the outcome of the investigation uh, based on these accusations. But I'm kind of curious as to the timing of it. Why now? Who's the whistleblower to all this? Is it just the teams they've played against? It, it, it feels like this has been known for a while, at least as you read into it. And on top of it, after everything that, that happened earlier this year where uh, based on the recruiting violations that were committed by Michigan during the COVID dead period, Harbaugh and Michigan, they, they t- basically did a self-suspension or self-punishment in hopes of that this upcoming spring-summer, the NCAA won't tag on anything in addition to that. But because of how difficult Harbaugh was to deal with during that investigation, it seems like there's something else going on here with the NCAA. And that's what I hinted at earlier is that I think the NCAA has got an issue with Jim Harbaugh. I think something personal happened when he disrespected them by dismissing their proposed or suggested suspension and then taking the self-imposed one by Michigan. And that's something there. And, you know, also there's evidence that this type of operation has happened just not to the scale that Michigan took it to. But I, listen, I bet stuff like this has happened in college football before and with other programs. Just Michigan, much like the Astros, were better at it than everybody else, and teams were upset about that. Well, and there was a whistleblower, right? And, and there was and a whistleblower. Mike Fires was the one that told him about it, and then you go back and do all the research, uh, which did happen. And that uh, we'll see if there was a coach that was a whistleblower, in this case, mm-hmm. potentially out of the Big Ten. You're right. Uh, all right, and it goes back to the Matt Rule first piece of audio. Just put the communication system in the headset like what they do, we do high school in the NFL, and we wouldn't have any of this problem. Uh, seems really ridiculous. We come back. Set list ATX with Nick Shuley. We will take your thoughts on the science dealing. What does it matter? Um, I'll say this again. You can't tell me Jim Harbaugh didn't know, though, whether it's a big deal or not, a big scheme or not. He, he cannot say he did not know. He uh, we come back. We'll have Nick Shuley, the uh, president of the Austin Music Movement, with his best picks for the live music capital of the world. Plus, a little, who said that before who the end of the hour? That? Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM1260, The Horn. Oh, that voice might tell me that Parker McCollum could be playing uh, somewhere in the ATX this weekend. Parker, of course, from Conroe, Texas, but really discovered here in Austin. Saxon Pub, one of the first spots for him. Uh, that means it's set list ATX time. Your live music roadmap in the live music capital of the world, in addition to the great sports. And there are plenty of them this weekend. If you want to get out and see the live music, you can do it. Our man Nick Shuley is back in our Horn headquarters, and it's a bit of a new look back there, Nick. Uh, a lot going on at the Horn headquarters. Don't be too revealing, but, uh, you know, because we've got work, we got, we got a, lot of, a lot to do, but it, you're in a different studio now, safe to say. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely different, but uh, I kind of like it. It's not too bad. And it's just Ty and I hanging out over here. <laughs> you and Ty. Now we're at the home headquarters, Rod and I here in South Austin, Onion Creek Studio, Onion Creek Headquarters, I guess is what we'll call that. Uh, but yeah, man, so Parker McCollum is playing this weekend. Am I right about that, or is that just Ty being fun? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's playing Friday. He's, uh, we'll talk about that one uh, on, on the Friday picks because he, uh, he's got the big Moody Center show. 
Oh, wow. From Saxon Pub to the Moody Center in a pretty short amount of time. That's pretty cool. Guy's on a comet right now. Uh, all right, Nick, how are you, my friend? Everything good? Everything good in the NIL world for you? Longhorns are back home for the first time in a while. How are things with the uh, Clark Field Creative and the One Fun and all that's going on there? Man, everything everything's good. It's uh, I mean, things for football are obviously super busy, but there's uh, a lot of, lot of stuff going on for a lot of the other sports and, you know, lots of – Lots of cool events popping up, and we have uh, we have an, uh, cool, uh, a couple cool events uh, this week that um, I'll, I'll give to Ty because I don't have the final details on it, but on Thursday there's going to be a little autograph signing uh, at one of the charities. So I can, uh, I can cool. send that to you guys for a post. Well, send that along, and we'll pass it. That'll be Thursday. Always good stuff. Because isn't it true that Sark, you know, they're going to do NIL activity. It's only on Thursday for the football guys, right? Yeah, we, we try to, to kind of help with the schedule there as in not interrupting things. And, and Thursdays are generally the, the best days to do it. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes Sundays as well. But, yeah, we try to stay out of the way of everybody and kind of, you know, be respectful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, they're busy. They're busy, and uh, Sark needs that. Needs them. He only gets twenty hours a week with them. All right. Uh, so let's go through it tonight. I mean, real good. Three real good shows tonight. We're looking at and uh, in through the weekend. Where are we going? Yeah, tonight. Uh, so it's the one we gave away tickets for last week, and we'll do it again this week. So Terry McBride from McBride and the Ride is going to be doing Saxon Pub, and that one will be a really cool show. And I did, I did hear a little rumor that there are. Quite a few bigger country stars that I'll talk about for the ACL Hall of Fame thing. I did hear there's a good chance uh, uh, one or two of them may pop up at this Terry McBride show. So if you like uh, enormous Nashville artists, you could, should possibly get over there. I can't promise it, but there's little little birdie told me. Oh, look at that. See, that's where Nick's bringing the set list. So Terry McBride Insider, baby. of McBride and the Rod, big name in country music. Yeah, Hall of, I believe he's uh, a country and, music Hall of Famer. And uh, he's about he to get inducted into the uh, the Texas Heritage Songwriters Hall of Fame, I think, in February. So it's uh, he's, he's, so he's playing watch. Saxon Pub, and he's going to tell you tomorrow night the ACL Hall of Fame inductions are happening over at Moody Theater, Rod, where they – induct the the, the the legends of Austin City Limits Television. Nice. And that means a lot of folks come in. That's a great little tip right there. Saxon Pub, you know, you're starting. We're actually going to give away a couple of uh, uh, set list spots uh, to be there on the on the, the guest list. Is that right? That is correct. Cool. And then, All uh, right, so let's go through. Go ahead there. Oh, yeah, Nick. sorry. Uh, yeah, so Michelle Branch will be at Mohawk, who was uh, kind of 90s uh, or 2000s TRL fame. She had a, she had a couple big songs. She'll be uh, – She'll be a Mohawk, and then a, a big kind of psych hip-hop group, Suicide Boys, will be at the Moody Center. So those will, those will be some big shows tonight. And then kind of the one we teased for Thursday, the ACL Hall of Fame induction. So Trisha Yearwood and John Prine are getting uh, inducted in. It's everyone from, let's see, Don Henley, Jody Messina, Ronnie Dunn, Tyler Childers, Allison Russell, Kurt Vile, Brandy Clark, Brothers Osborne, Nathaniel Rateliff. There's just a ton playing that, that show. Gosh. So that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, and usually the, when they, you know, they're inducting Trisha Yearwood and John Prine and then the other artists, the Don Henleys, Tyler Shielders, they'll end up singing songs of those two inductees, and it's really cool. Their, their renditions of some classics by those Hall of Famers, and uh, Trisha Yearwood going, I would imagine maybe Garth Brooks will be in attendance. I don't know, right? That's maybe, what, I, would, that's what I wondered. I wondered if, uh, if he was going to make it out to that one. And, but it'll be, I mean, regardless, there's so many good artists there. And that is a ticketed event uh, for ACL TV. It's a it's a fundraiser for ACL and the television network and KLRU. So I um, might want to check that if there are, there are still tickets available. I'm unaware of that though. But uh, that is a ticketed event. Unlike most ACL tapings, those are just just uh, membership events. Yeah, you know that one's a, that one's a cool one. And then uh, also tomorrow is the start of Levitation Fest, which Levitation Fest used to be more of a sedentary festival, and now it's. Uh, 
they kind of do it at a bunch of different venues around town and they, they'll um, everything from far out lounge to mohawk to stubs will host some of these shows and it's a really cool deal that kind of supports a lot of the the venues in the red river cultural district etc so it's worth checking out and there's a lot of bigger bigger acts playing that and i kind of picked some of the some of the good ones for y'all and uh that on thursday this band uh, kind of a indie indie rock band will unwound will be playing the far out lounge and then over at Emo's, Jeremy Zucker, who's a you know kind of TikTok singer-songwriter artist that, that's gotten really big. He'll be playing Emo's. And then a huge hip-hop artist will be doing the Summit Rooftop, NLE Choppa. He is uh, he's, uh, another guy that's kind of blown up through TikTok, et cetera, but big in the hip-hop world. And then uh, one of my local favorites, Christian Sparks, will be playing the Saxon Pub on Thursday as well. That takes us to Friday, and of course, you heard the uh, the man Parker McCollum. That's part of the part of the Friday lineup. Yeah, Parker will be at Moody Center uh, along with the Josh Abbott band. Will be there opening for him. Oh, wow! Another good show at Levitation, uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, which is kind of funkier indie indie rock. Will be at Far Out Lounge. The uh, legendary Black Pumas will be doing a signing at Waterloo Records, which will be cool to go out and say hi to Eric and Adrian. Yeah, we're hoping to have Adrian on the show, working with his manager. Thanks for that, Nick, by the way, for that connection. Hoping to have Adrian Quesada from the Black Pumas the week that their new album comes out, their second, their follow-up album to the Grammy-nominated debut album. Uh, that'll be coming out on the 27th, and then they're doing a signing there at Waterloo Records. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, then scoot in on Friday night, Nick. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add, there, you won't ever meet a, a nicer human being in the industry than uh, Adrian Quesada. That guy is fantastic. Also a huge sports fan, so you guys will have to kind of kind of dig in on his, oh, cool. uh, his sports knowledge if he jumps on. Uh, yeah, and it's over, Thursday or Friday. Uh, yeah, over at Scoot In on Friday, Kenny Kenny Hoopla will be will be there. It's uh, kind of pop punk, but I really like his stuff. Uh, and then another great uh, country artist, Casey Donahue, will be over at Hotspot. And then '90s uh, kind of big '90s ska revival act, The Slackers, will be doing three nights at Flamingo Cantina starting Friday and going through Sunday. Very cool. All right, that's into the weekend now. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday Levitation Fest will have one of, in my opinion, Austin's best bands that we put out in a long time, the Black Angels. For you know, it's a it's kind of a psych rock, but Alex Moss, the lead singer, has some amazing solo stuff too. They're a fantastic act, and they'll be playing at Far Out Lounge. And then another Austin favorite, Shaky Graves, will be doing the Moody Amphitheater. And a, a, one of the other bigger artists that's come out of Austin will be playing Longhorn City Limits, Gary Clark. So. That's a big get for Longhorn City Limits, and I'm really pumped about all the stuff that they're doing at that. Yeah, that is cool. And Shaky Gray's, of course, loyal forever. Austin High Maroon uh, back in the day. Gary Clark Jr. playing Longhorn City Limits. And then one more on Saturday night at the, the hot spot there, uh, Nikki. Yeah, hot spot in Cedar Park. We'll have Lanco, which is another bigger Nashville country act. But they had some, they had some good uh, radio hits that I, I will say I had some. They were guilty pleasures of mine. And then uh, Sunday, of, one that a lot speaking of Speaking of guilty pleasures, by the way. <laughs> yeah, guilty the, pleasures. <laughs> one of the biggest Moody Center guilty pleasures. on Sunday night. Yeah, yes. Kiss, Kiss will be playing the Moody Center. Uh, I can't that, believe they're still playing. I, I didn't even know they were still touring and then saw that one pop up. So, um, and, wow. and for all hey, you music fans. Is it, is, it, is it Gene Simmons and, and, and Paul Stanley? Is that kind of who – I'll have to look that up. Because remember, there's been feuds between Ace Freely and Gene Simmons in the band, and – uh, it's gotten ugly. There were like th- threats of like uh, blackmail going on, um, but Kiss at the Moody Center Sunday night. How about that? I'm sure they'll be in the full regalia. That'll be fun. The blast oh, yeah. from the past, '70s, '80s. Yeah, and then uh, the, uh, over at Mohawk, one of the one of the best indie rock bands to come out in the kind of the the early 2000s. 
uh, Death from Above, 1979, a Canadian act. They're phenomenal. They'll be playing the Mohawk. And then uh, blues kind of guitar legend Joe Bonamasso will be playing at ACL Live. And he's, uh, he's open from every, for everyone legend. from B.B. King to you name it. And then Mondays, uh, one, of the, one of the really cool stories I saw during, during the pandemic was this kid, Dean Lewis, had written, he had found out, he's an Australian kid, and he found out his dad had gotten cancer and was going to die. And he writes this song called How Do I Say Goodbye? And it's one of those songs that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm practically a robot emotionally, and that one will get you a little, little misty-eyed. And it's, there, there's a video of him playing it for his dad, like, after he wrote it. And it's, it's pretty cool. And then turns out his dad went into remission and survived. And so it's a really cool story, but he's worth checking out, and he'll be over at the Scoot Inn. Dean Lewis on Monday night, also ACL Live on Monday. Yeah, uh, this group High Lung, which I had not heard of. It, uh, it's People call it, it's basically a music that sounds like history, but they're a Norwegian group, and it sounds like the score to every Viking show you would watch on uh, on Netflix <laughs> is the best way to put it. And they're, I mean, they're huge, so that thing, I think it's actually sold out over at ACL Live. Very cool. All right, two, two more real good ones on Tuesday, especially the second one. Yeah, well, the, the tile like the first one. So, so the, the new school of Houston rap, Maxo Cream, will be playing over at Antones, and he's, he's really good for all you Houston rap H-tone. fans. Or just, or just rap fans in general. And then the legends, the Gypsy Kings, will be playing at ACL Live uh, on, on a Tuesday as well. It's a great lineup, man. You got Joe Bamanasa, you got Gypsy Kings, you've got uh, Gary Clark Jr. for free, Jakey Graves, Lanco's playing, Parker McCollum's at Moody, Kiss, the uh, whatever members of Kiss are still playing will be great. That ACL <laughs> Hall of Fame inductions, and uh, you heard Nick give you the tip uh, if you can get over to Saxon Pub uh, tonight and see Terry McBride from McBride and the Ride, you may end up seeing some of the uh, the acts that are going to be playing at that Hall of Fame inductions, and I'll mention it again. I don't know who's going to be there, and Nick doesn't know either, but Don Henley, Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn, Tyler Childers will be there on Thursday night, Allison Russell, who's an emerging star, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff, and, of course, uh, Terry McBride's got some pull with those guys. That's pretty cool, and we have a, we have a pair of spots. You want to give those away now, Nick? Uh, yeah, if, if, if Ty's ready to, to give them away, we can do that. Well, and, let's, uh, do, let's do Caller 5 at 447-3776 if you want to be on the guest list tonight at Saxon Pub for the Terry McBride Show. Uh, again, don't call if you can't go. If you've already got plans tonight, don't, don't uh, take a spot from someone who really wants to go. 447-3776 is the same number as the text line, but you call it and you could win those tickets. Thank you, uh, Nick, for setting that up. That's pretty cool for uh, Terry McBride tonight at Saxon Pub. And thank you to Joe Abels over at the Saxon Pub for making those available to us yeah thanks guys thanks, all right, man. thanks nick for coming in buddy good stuff right there we'll post all of those at our website hornfm.com always a good roadmap if you're looking for live music you got some free time just go to hornfm.com we'll have those posts and you go when were they playing black pumas what was going on with parker mccollum you can go click on that and check it out uh nick thanks a lot buddy we'll check in with you next week next wednesday hopefully we can uh, be together next week we'll see we'll see what our timeline is with the construction and renovations we're doing at the horn headquarters but thanks for being there today nick shuley president of the austin music movement also the founder of the clarkfield creative and we're Working with the NIL space at the University of Texas, and he's our live music correspondent, Rod. Man, Nick's all over the place. ATX. I saw Nick earlier. I was actually speaking at a, 
uh, on the panel, and uh, Nick had kind of hooked me up and suggested I do it. Uh, so Nick's all over the place. And Nick's got his hands in everything. Ultimate. Music and fine. He's all over the place. Here's the great thing about Nick, and I've only gotten to know him recently when he oh, took man. over for Tom Gimble. But, man, it's like you've known him forever. And it's like, hey, can you hook me up with a guy that maybe does this? He's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The he's next thing, next he's thing. the ultimate I know a guy. He, know, he knows a guy. <laughs> Nick knows a guy. And the, <laughs> and the best part, because there are a lot of people that know a lot of guys, but the, the guys like him. They do. Right. They, like, they owe him a favor. It feels, yeah. like, it feels like everybody owes Nick a favor. Not only do I know Nick, I yeah. like Nick. Yeah, no, we don't. That's because Nick does a lot of the good, good for a lot of people. Yeah, he man. leads with the good. He's always trying to help people. So I feel, like, I feel like I owe Nick like three favors already. I know, me you know too. Like, what? Hold up. <laughs> and then it's terrible. You do ask him for something and he can't do it, he feels terrible. He does. He feels Nick's bad. A, he's like, a, dude, he, it's okay. Yeah. I was just asking. No doubt. Not a big deal. All right, we'll come back. Uh, pick up those tickets. That's very cool. Terry McBride tonight at Saxon Pub. That is set list ATX. Coming back, you know what it is. It'll be who said that? Let me tell you, if you're out and about this weekend, seeing that live music, Saxon Pub, Moody Center, LCL Fest ahead of the Texas game, do it with the ice-cold Bud Lights. It's America's uh, favorite light beer, and certainly uh, it's the Longhorns' favorite light beer because it is the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, brewed in Texas by Texans for Texans. That's why it's uh, hook them. they got the burn orange cans, those commemorative and, uh, you know, Limited edition burnt orange Kansas during football season. Pick those up when you're at DKR at the stadium or at LCL Fest with the icy cold Bud Lights. Four great ingredients every single time at your live music events, uh, hanging out with your friends, watching at your tailgate party, watching games, at games, at live music venues. Do it with the ice cold Bud Lights. Hook them. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the horn. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Appreciate Nick Shuley. Ty, do we give those tickets away, those passes on the guest list at Saxon Pub tonight? Do we have a winner? We did. Caleb. Way to go, Caleb. Enjoy that concert tonight. Congrats, Caleb. Have yourself a nice cold Bud Light. And if if there are uh, special VIPs who – Ty hinted, uh, show up. Let us know tomorrow. Let us know tomorrow. Because this text says, guys, says, and, you know, we do that live music segment. When you ever, you've seen some great live music, mm-hmm. hit us up on the text line and let us know. This guy says, hey, Flatland Cavalry at ACL, ACL Live last Thursday was great. Heard it with okay. a tip. Heard that. Got there because of a tip from you guys. Follow that up with the Saturday Night Stapleton Show. Ooh. Nice work by you. That was damn good. I, know, I want to see Chris Stapleton live, too. Was damn good. I, he don't even put. I've heard he's not even performing. He's just saying it's so damn no, it's, good. It's very George Strait like. Oh, uh, I'm cool with and that. As far as the performance you get, I'm his, cool with that. You know, he just stands there with his guitar and sings, but it is something else, man. He can do a lot of that voice. Oh, well, remember, yeah. remember the the uh, Super Bowl an- national anthem he did last year. It's been rivaled with the Whitney Houston yeah. rendition. Is how great. great it was. Uh, only thing weird about that is he had his hat off, and you're like, who's that guy? <laughs> he's without his hat, so you don't see that very often. Okay, so uh, but he still had the beard. Uh, Ty, actually, Ty Henderson has a piece of audio to play for us, Rod, and we get to guess who said that. You who folks said that? out there can guess as long with us. What do we have, T.E.H.? For Taff, and we got a bunch of cool stories going right now, but his is a great one. Um, just a guy who believed in himself. I said this back when I was a senior in high school, but I came to the University of Texas to play, not just to be on the team. And so that's what I tried to do these last three years is um, get on the field and make an impact and, and try to bring Texas back to where it always belongs and being in that national championship conversation. Michael, what would your advice be to current seniors and high school or juniors that are talented but maybe want to walk on to the school that they want to go to? What would 
be your list of like, try to do this, you know, take these steps to get to where you're at? For sure. I would say the first thing is self-belief. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I'm trying to prove everyone wrong. I was just trying to prove myself right. I know what I can do. I, I know my, um, you know, my, what I can do. Like I said, I know what what others can do, but I know what I, I can do myself. And I was just trying to prove myself right. And um, I've always wanted to be on this stage, and I knew that I could do that. Um, the second thing is pride. You know, I think pride is just the devil telling you that you're a lot better than you are. Um, and so what that comes with is I, I had to outwork a lot of people um, because I wasn't the most uh, talented. I had to, you know, uphold my strengths and then work on my weaknesses. And and pride, all that comes with is, like I said, just people telling you you're better than you are. And so um, just because I made a couple plays on the field doesn't mean I have to get complacent. I got to go back to where I was, um, that guy that has to outwork everybody because I still have to, I still have work to do and I still got to keep being who I am. Thank Taff Daddy. Taff Daddy. Yeah. Like that a lot. A uh, big part of why Arch Manning's playing at Texas right now. That's been the uh, story, of course, played at mm-hmm. Westlake, starred at Westlake. And uh, self-belief, self-belief, I like that, Rod. Uh, okay, Michael Taff. Taff um, Daddy, baby. Yep. We, you know, one of the things we talk – we'll talk about this in the next hour, but but tightening up that, that rotation at secondary and safety has been a big conversation. We'll pick that up coming up and obviously in towards the uh, the big game coming up. Can I play something for you, Rod? Give it to me. You're going to know this one because we hear them seemingly a couple times a week on who said that here on Hook'em Up. But this is on the big controversy of the Tush Push. The Tush Push. Uh, this is the head coach of the team that got pushed, got oh, Tush Pushed okay. over and over again on Sunday night. Here we go. What, what is it about – Philly's QB sneak that makes them so successful at it? And what have you seen a, a, a team really be as successful as they've been running that play? Well, no. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like their play, which I, I, I think um, what makes them so successful is a commitment to leverage and detail on something that a lot of, a lot of people don't detail. I mean, shoot, they – they uh, leaned into it um, before it was successful, um, detailing it up, and then it has success. And, you know, um, I, I'm a huge fan of things that are within the rules of football um, that, you know, you, you can't stop. That's to their credit. Um, that semantics, whether it should, should or shouldn't be, uh, I just more respect the and regard the what what goes into that you know there's a lot of people that that would love to convert 80 some percent of third or fourth and ones i would love that um and they they have uh, a situation where their players have leaned into it um and you know uh, if you don't like the play you should um try to stop it a lot of people have and it's a really hard thing to stop which means um you know they're they're really owning the finer details of the play there you go mike mcdaniel yeah man he's yeah. right uh and then he was just the recipient if anybody's gonna be angry about it, i think they went seven for seven on that tush push uh four for four when it was a you know fourth and short and it just keeps the you know if you're trying to keep the miami dolphins offense off the field and you can keep converting shorts and and you mm-hmm. know it's uh gosh, and sometimes they run that thing rod to get four yards on it. 
Oh, yeah, because once they get a good push, I mean, they get the defense going backwards. I mean, what are you going to do? It's a wave. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm with you. I think at this point we might have to start thinking about it as the most unstoppable play in football in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to think of a play that's been more unstoppable. You don't really have plays like that in football because teams, you know, they adjust and they figure things out. They come up with countermeasures. It's been a year plus. And nobody's really figured out how to stop the damn thing. Well, I, I, I don't know <laughs> if this is going to work, but I did say when the Cowboys drafted uh, the kid out of Michigan in the first round, remember the, the, the yeah. big squatter? I wonder if they're trying to get some big bodies up front. To no, try they to... were, but it still doesn't matter. He's not even that good. No. Big bodies up front have not stopped it. Well, because you have a center and a guard and the quarterback and then Dallas Goddard. The uh, pushing him from behind. So... And, I, and I like the words he used, the finer details of it. They, they, you can tell they rep it a lot. Oh, yeah, because people think the tush push is the guys behind him pushing Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is still driving his legs. Yeah. So you got to push him while he's driving his legs. You don't want to push him to the point where you're picking him up off the ground because then he's not driving his legs. He's going to hurt him. Yeah. So he's got to be driving his legs while you're pushing him, all right, and you need Kelsey to, to, to essentially get enough push, and then it's up to Jalen Hurts to figure out where the gap is. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, okay, I have one ready for you, Ty. Can we hit this? Uh, who said that before we get out of here? Yeah, let's do this. I want to hear this. This is, uh, this is a good one. We're up to the top there. We want to hear uh, a college football coach, I've been told. Yes, college football coach. Who said that? Because he makes things happen when it is. All right. My turn? Yep. Okay. Right. Two things, right? <laughs> Second, third grade championship game. Okay. Two trips to the red zone. Yeah. Empty. Zero points. One play was a reverse pass that was intercepted in the red zone. You were the offense coordinator there? I on, am, on that, Can, thoughts on the red zone play calling. What's your thoughts on those red zone play calling? You know, uh, they were attacking the run so much with Nico and Nolan, I thought we could drop one over their head. But maybe the elements, the mud, the game, yeah. wasn't great for them. So it's good. That's good. Basics probably is the way to go there. Last question. There was a Nico Freeman in that same game that had a long run that was uh, negated by only having one flag on. Whose responsibility is to make sure the young man has two flags on? I think it would be the guy in the huddle, which could be me, but you might be able to blame Coach Stanley on the Oh, you're, you're passing blame. Come on, Tim. you got to <laughs> yeah. own it now. Well, that, that funny, I noticed you didn't ask about the fourth and fifth grade thrilling <laughs> championship games. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was going to finish with congratulations on your two championship wins yesterday. And, uh, you know, nice. head coaches get the credit sometimes when they deserve and don't deserve. But um, congrats on two wins. It was good. D minus in the first. Love that. Marcus Freeman turning the tables on the reporter who apparently coaches his kids' Tim, flag football team. Tim O'Malley is the uh, Irish illustrated reporter's name who coaches his son in flag football. And so he's basically grilling him about some of the play calls that he had That's for the perfect. flag football That's team. Perfect. It is a, that was a great clip. Love Marcus that. Freeman has like five kids. He's got, I think he got more than that. He's got a bunch of kids. Heck yeah, he's, and he's young. He's a young guy. He's a young dude and he's got all them damn kids, man. Good for him. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful it. and multiply. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Philip Rivers lives by that motto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, he does. And uh, oh, who's the former DB? Oh, Antonio Cromarty. Antonio, Antonio Cromarty. I believe Philip Rivers has done it with the same lady along yes. the way. I don't know that Antonio has kept it. Oh, he has, he's got six children. Marcus Freeman does. Six of them. Dang. Six of them. All the with kids. his college sweetheart that he met at the Ohio State. He's University. 37. <laughs> They've been busy, yo. He's been pumping him out. He's a coach. Where does he get the time? Is he watching film? Then he's got to stay after and stay late? He's on the road recruiting?
You're talking about him? I'm talking about her. <laughs> Come on, man. You watched your wife just go through that whole thing. She's done it six times in like a decade. Trust me, I would never I wouldn't ask my wife to do it. That's a lot. We'll be back. Hook him up. Final fabulous fifth hour coming your way on a Wednesday.